first one from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Our second lesson is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish elders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Word of God. Word of life. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Al. You may be seated. Grace to you in peace. God promises the Spirit comes as we proclaim the word, and so Spirit, come to us today. Amen. At the 2023 TED conference, Dr. Becky Kennedy had no more than 18 minutes to present the single most impactful thing that you can do in relationships. Dr. Becky Kennedy is a clinical psychologist, and her call, most of all, is to equip parents to be parents. But as she states, and I agree, her insights are applicable to relationships everywhere. Her advice for the most impactful part of relationships, get good at repair. And what is needed, of course, to begin to get good at repair is to know and to realize that something is broken. <laughs> for something to break, for something or someone to get messed up, a conflict, an argument, a disconnection. And I have a hunch as I look out at all of you and I look to myself, that you can think of a person in your life or a situation that is broken, an argument, a resentment, a disconnection. So there we go. We have what is needed to, to repair because we know of something or someone who is broken. And our inclination after naming what is broken, of course, is to avoid it, just hoping that it will go away, or to blame someone else for what has happened, or to feel badly 
because we are all wired to think a good life is a life without conflict or mistakes. So we work really hard at trying to be supposedly perfect, to hold it all together, and to make our life look good from the outside. But it isn't long before we realize that we can't sustain that. So the example that Dr. Becky gave in her TED Talk was this. She's making dinner as a mom of three and had a full day, is thinking of all the things that have to get done. Her son walks down into the kitchen and says, what's for dinner? And she said, it's chicken. And he said, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. She loses it. She yells, you're not grateful for the meal that I have just prepared. The whole thing blows up. She's feeling even more horrible than she did before because she's a bad mom, she's thinking, and her kid is up in his room thinking that he made this whole thing happen. I know you know what I'm talking about because it has happened to all of us. And again, the most powerful gift we can have in relationships is repair, especially with kids as they develop and as they get exposed to difficult situations. Kids will internalize that they cause the conflict and they will feel that they are unlovable. And that moves on into adulthood and causes all kinds of problems. So the gift of relationship is to repair. And here is the process that is named in this TED Talk. Number one, to name it. To take responsibility for what what has happened. And to, to name what you would do differently. So her example is eventually going up to her son's room and say, hey, that was hard. I yelled at you while I was making dinner. I shouldn't have yelled at you. It's not your fault. I need to continue to work on keeping myself calm in situations where I get stressed. And in that small conversation, what that young child learned was that something good can happen when things are hard. The story gets added to, not taken away. And in doing so, she taught her child that it was not his fault that this disagreement happened, that we all have our limits to patience, and that they are still loved and given the opportunity to begin again. And that love and goodness and connection can come even in something that's hard or broken. As I mentioned in the welcome, today is Pentecost, the day in which we hear stories of how the Holy Spirit came into this world to be the presence of God after Jesus' death, resurrection, and as he ascended to heaven. I'm not quite sure we will ever fully understand the Holy Spirit. And so today I wonder, 
if one way we can is to hear that the Holy Spirit comes to repair. As Al just read, Jesus comes to the disciples as they are tucked away. It is the evening on Easter. They have heard that the tomb was empty and they don't know what it means for them. And in that unknowing, Jesus comes and finds them and breathes into them the Holy Spirit. Now, I know you have heard this story before, and I always get tripped up on that last line. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. I try to avoid that verse, hoping it will just get lost in the mix. But with such few verses today, we can't just overlook it. And I wonder if there's something here about understanding this Holy Spirit. The only way through this little verse is to know in John's gospel, sin is not doing something wrong. Sin is not being in relationship with Jesus. Not believing that God came into the world and not believing that you have been created and you are loved just the way you are and you are meant to share that love in this world. So sin is denying that relationship or not believing in it. So really what this verse is saying, when Jesus breathes the Spirit of God into the disciples that day, he is breathing in the gift and the call to make God known in the world, just as Jesus did. To name what is lacking and to hear that in relationships and in inequities and in conflict, things can be healed, restored, and renewed. Jesus is telling those disciples that day and to us, things can be repaired. How we interact with what is broken in the world, just in relationships, is a part of being in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just wondering today, if the work of the church is to be about repair, to add to something that is not enough, to work at making something work again that is broken. One of my kids was preparing for a Socratic seminar after reading letters from a Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King Jr.'s. So I reread that letter with her. Martin Luther King Jr., after being arrested for nonviolent protests, speaks directly to the white moderate, most specifically the church at this time. The church, just like us, who was to be centered in the teaching and the work of Jesus, the people that Jesus breathed in the Holy Spirit, 
chose instead to look away from the injustices of that time, not to join in or disrupt or name or take responsibility. And what MLK was naming in that letter was the call to repair. That the story of this country's racism and injustice can be changed. Another chapter can be written. We're at the third anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. I went back to those weeks. I reread the sermon that I preached to you this Sunday after that murder. It wasn't my favorite thing to do. There's so many things that I would have said differently. So many gaps then to name racism in a predominantly white ELCA church and how we as a culture experience white as the norm, not seeing what other people have experienced. But I guess that call on that day, and it continues to be now, is this work of repair. It's never done alone. It's always done in community. It's messy, and it will require naming, taking responsibility, and then acting to make it different because of the Spirit. Dr. Becky Kennedy's last word in this 18-minute TED Talk, it's never too late. Even after relationships have been broken for a very long time, it is never too late in a letter or a phone call and in action to name what was difficult, to take responsibility, and to open the door to more conversation. You see, it's an act of repair. Pentecost is a day but it's also a season. From today now until just before Advent, this whole long time of summer and fall, sometimes you may hear it called ordinary days. And maybe it's the longest season of the church because it takes that long to try to get a grasp of this Holy Spirit in the world. And maybe it will take us that long to fully embrace the fact that God's Spirit comes through repair. So hear this today. Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit into me and to you. It's not too late. The Spirit is given to continue the work of Jesus, to repair, to restore, to heal, and to start right where you are. But even before we can repair, we need to hear again that we ourselves are repaired. We come just like the disciples did that Easter evening, huddled in paralysis, trying to figure out what to do next. And Jesus comes and breathes, decides to repair people who have messed up. And so before you even consider the next thing, God finds you and claims you as good and tells you that you are loved 
regardless of what you have done or not done, and calls you again to this work of repairing. And when you can't find it, here today, it's in your next breath. It's given in the bread and the wine, forgiving again and setting, sending us out to be repairers of the breach, restorers of streets to live in. Amen.